Time for the wheel nerds. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, stop a bit. Come on, you. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 75. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. And we're going to be talking about motorcycles. And f*** you, Peter, you shit eater. What? Well, Peter posted a comment on uh, our Wheel Nerds uh, site uh-huh. about the swear jar and how we were politically correct now. Uh-huh. So f*** you. <laughs> f*** you a lot. F*** you often. And Canada sucks. I'm going to take some money back out. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Peter. <laughs> I like Canada, but still, f*** you. So, yeah, we're back with the Wheel Nerd Swear Jar still in place. <laughs> Peter didn't like the swear jar. I, that's nice. <laughs> and he's allowed his opinion. It's worth every penny we paid for it. <laughs> that might not actually be true, given the amount of money we just put in the jar. <laughs> still, that's our taco fund, so, you know, it's working out okay. Uh, Next week, we should be able to buy a steak with it. Really? Well, the amount of money that's in it now. That'll all get edited. <laughs> okay, so we missed last week. Yes, we did. Because uh, we suck. <laughs> because we suck and we're disorganized and babies. Well, I figured the, the pace took a week off, so that automatically means we get one off. We get one off, right? Just to just to make all of the motorcycle podcast consumers in the world because I'm It's like... There's other shows out there, Sight Stand Up and Motorcyclist. And yeah, but like ones people won't want to listen to. The, the Cafe Racer one. Mm-hmm. With, uh, okay, Kurt, yeah. You know, that's that's not, doable. Yeah. There's others. There's not just us in the pace. There's just us. <laughs> Take that, the pace. There are only so many tiers of motorcycle podcasts. <laughs> All right, let's jump right in. Okay. Uh, this video. And we're done. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Yes, we got writing videos from Claire. Yes, they're educational videos. Educational writing videos, which is good because we're, we're about writer edu. What the f***? Uh, those girls are wearing bikinis. So these are videos about girls showing us sport bike position while wearing bikinis and stiletto heels. There's a bike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's underneath. Pause it. Okay. Still looking. Yeah, we're going to unpause now. I, I don't see that. Now, the thing I really like about bike. this is how is the high production quality. I'm going to I'm gonna need some alone As time. you can tell, both girls are totally not reading cue cards as they read their lines. Could you step out of the room for a couple minutes? My boyfriend is sitting off camera, <laughs> and I am not annoyed at him for this. You think she has a boyfriend? Uh, I guarantee he's sitting off camera, and he's convinced her to do this. No, no, no. She's totally single. Mm-hmm. No. No, I don't think so. So I guess if you want to learn about sport bike riding position from a couple of girls, including foot oh, – I love the foot position with the uh, with, with the, the heels. heels yeah, that's a nice that's, touch. Yeah. Uh, how, how helpful do you think this is? I'm thinking not at all. <laughs> I have I have questions about this. I this mean, is, she looks like they're, they're, she's talking about essentially doing track riding too. I yeah. Mean, you know. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're if you're looking for track instruction. You're already interested in the topic. You don't need to watch a girl in a bikini. Yeah, I mean, you could watch a girl in a bikini if you want to watch a girl in a bikini. But, but there's so many places to watch girls in bikinis. And there are so much better girl in bikini videos out there. Well, she ain't bad. No, <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, yeah. Higher production values. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll post links to Todd's favorite bikini girl websites on the show notes. <laughs> um, this is a cool little gift that we got sent. Do you see this? 
I think it might have been staged. I, I think so too because the guy falls off the bike and <laughs> chases it down and jumps back on and rides away. Well, two bikes, two bikes go crisscross in front of him. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm sensing trick camera work. It's still funny though. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like the way he runs up. <laughs> we'll put it up and yeah, it's pretty entertaining watching him do the Benny Hill run <laughs> toward the bike. That makes it so much better if you do it. It totally music. does. <laughs> it, it, it enhances it. We recommend singing the song in your head while watching this. <laughs> we'll post that one up on the site too. So thanks for that, Sean. That was uh, bizarre that was and cool. entertaining. Uh, yeah, we got uh, some classifieds. Oh boy, let's see what's for sale. So we've got this uh, Suzuki Hayabusa 04, $11,000 in Milwaukee. Wow, that you could buy a house for that in Milwaukee, couldn't you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I have a Suzuki Hayabusa for sale. I bought this bike and with 06 wit, 2800 and now has 6,700 miles. Well, he's ridden the <laughs> out of it, hasn't he? <laughs> the bike is extended six inches in the back. Also has custom Raymond wheels by RC Components. Engine is stock. Lots of chrome. Most of the parts are custom. The bike never been dropped. Droop. No, it says drop. 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 I'm asking! 11,000 OBO trades are welcome to call or text number, number, number. Serious. Buyer only. That's a cool looking bike. Yeah, that's a, your basic stretched high abuse. Why, why, why do you have to do that? Well, it's because he's totally dragging it now, bro. <sighs> I am You got You got to remember, 50% of the boosters that get bought get bought to be turned into basically sport choppers. Oh, like God. this monstrosity. You know, th- this bike could totally be saved, too, if you just lost the stupid swing arm and put a regular one on it. The chrome wheels, I will admit, are kind of badass looking. Yeah, I'm okay with the chrome. I just I just don't like the stretch swing arm. Now, it's because you don't drag, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the guy's ridden the crap out of it, too. I mean, he's put like 4,000 miles on it in... Seven years? Seven years. <laughs> Six, seven years. Which is a lot for a stretch Busa. Yeah. You know? Uh, why, why, why? I mean, that's how many trips up and down State Street is that? <laughs> that's like a jillion, <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. But there's no place to you know put a girl in the back of that bike. Well, he's going way too fast for that. No, because he's drag racing. Between the lights, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's why he's got that. You know, every time he gets to a red light, she's going to be like, bonk. You know? I mean, that's no good. You know, I was talking to um, – Andrew Payne mm-hmm. talking about Overland Expo because mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to try to go to that this year. On a stretch Busa? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Isn't it? <laughs> That'll be four times the miles of all the stretch Busas ever put on ever. <laughs> no, he, I was telling him you know, I'm going to be there. I'm probably take the Versus. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, you'll probably be like one to four, only four Versus riders there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm not knocking Versus. This is just, you know, it, last year was a GS fest. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, really? You know, yeah, I could see that GS. And he's like, yeah, and some of them were trailered. Oh! <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, no. We've gotten to that point. Oh, no. We've gotten. Oh, no. We're there. Oh, man. If I can come to that this year, I'm coming on my rat bag strong just not, to make a point. Not only – he was thinking of a specific bike too. Mm-hmm. Not only was it trailer, but it was trailered with the hard cases on. <laughs> I <laughs> – we're there, bro. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> We're there. Oh, I'm going to go home and rash up the Strom with like a hammer on general principle now. I hear that the Tuttles in New York are coming out with a new show called American Adventurer. Oh, no. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be customizing one-off GSs for corporations worldwide. We put on aluminum cans. <laughs> we used our CNC machine to cut some wheels. <laughs> 
and put oh, some rad stickers so on this wrong. thing. So wrong. Speaking of the Strom being a rat bag, by the way, it has officially come time that I need to put an insert in that uh, drain hole. Whoa. <laughs> it has come to the point now where it's leaking enough oil that I have to change the paper towel under it an awful lot. <laughs> So it's time, I think. Are you sure it's not just lonely? Uh, it could be that, too. I mean, it's got the snowblower and the lawnmower to keep it company. Yeah, and, and it periodically gets rammed by the Ural, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dunk, oops, back up. <laughs> yeah, dunk. And the Ural's like, ha, 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 take that. <laughs> Capitalist. Well. You're so funny, I have salt all over my pipes. <laughs> Actually, I discovered that's an interesting thing about riding in the winter, that cross pipe in the front. All the snow and scum on the road gets yeah. onto that cross pipe, yeah. and then it melt evaporates off the water, and all that's left is the scum and salt. <laughs> I could make like margaritas with the crap up there. <laughs> so there you go. Not all bikes must be trailered There's with their the, aluminum cans. Todd's next uh, party is just going to have mm-hmm. the V Strom and a where the salt of come ice. from? It's don't. really better you don't ask. <laughs> just keep drinking. Just keep going. <laughs> don't worry about it. All right. Next, we've got. Hey, that's not a motorcycle. This is not a motorcycle ad, but I had to include this. So it's the 1996 GMC Sierra Smash Wagon. Yes. Up for sale is a meticulously maintained 1996 GMC Sierra for GM. 96 was a breakthrough year for their pickup truck line as the new Vortec 350 was boring, 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 boring. Now, you must be thinking, Vortec, this truck probably has way too much power for me, and you're absolutely right. Only men with copious amounts of chest hair can drive this 218-horsepower seal-killing penny penetrating global meltdown causing Tyrannosaurus Rex of a machine. Before I drove this truck, I was barely five foot one and never had kissed a girl. I'm now nearly seven foot four and have an abundance of sexual relations with supermodels and married women. I owe it all to this sacred love wagon. So this goes on for some time, uh, espousing the benefits of this crap can old truck. Go America! F***ing tank, world-renowned, bedwrecker, girlfriends, plural. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he would like to trade it for a fuel-injected sports bike slash rocket. If you send me an email, I'll try to reply when I take a snack break from my hourly smash fest with multiple females. Mm-hmm. The picture is... Is special. He's taken the picture of his crappy truck. And <laughs> he's surrounded it with large women. Well, pretty large women, yeah. Yes, large yeah. women. Large women. We'll post it. We recommend not looking. Somebody's at our door. So we have our special in-studio dog, Fargo. Come here. Oh, he's a big boy. So what do you think of the idea of Chuck with a sidecar, Fargo? (coughs) So our our special in-studio dog, Fargo, has joined us. Hello, Fargo. Hi, Fargo. Fargo, what do you think of this love wagon? He seems to like it. Mm -hmm. So it's Fargo approved, I suppose. You know, uh, we got more email about kids. So Roland writes us, You guys did a great show regarding kids gear. On rare occasions, my granddaughter will take a short ride with me, and it's very fun for both of us. It was more fun when she thought the bike was called the Ninja, but that's not the point. My dad rode in the late 70s. I did too, but being five years old, my riding was limited to dirt. I have no idea how many thousands of miles I rode behind him. The time we spent together was something I've never forgotten, life-changing or life-forming since I've never been able to live without a motorcycle since then. Back then, gear meant a helmet that fit you. I should say fit on your head. The bigger the better, since that guaranteed it would fit you the next year. Maybe a set of gloves if you were really well off. I know we all try to protect our kids. With my beautiful granddaughter, I know what my dad went through in deciding to put me at risk on the back of his motorcycle. But I have to say, speaking as a 47-year-old kid, the risk was worth it. 
I lost my dad 13 years ago, but as long as I continue to ride the same roads as he did, is he truly gone? Fargo thinks no. As I ride these roads, I swear he's right with me. Imagine my surprise when I found my father's remains in the top of my mother's closet. What? I don't know. I'm hoping he means ashes. Otherwise, that's just awkward. I would hope so. Or that's really strange. Mom, what happened? I'd imagine they were placed there and forgotten about. By this time, everyone in my family had either died or lost their minds, some both. But I was the last one standing. It was 100 degrees in Salt Lake that day, and I was on a Concourse 14. On a Concourse 14, 100 degrees has a correction factor of 115 degrees. Someone at Kawasaki tried to make Concourse 14 owners never reproduce. (laughs) (laughs) Nevertheless, there was only one way to transport his remains to the city cemetery. I strapped Dad into the trail trunk, teared up all the way to his final resting spot. The grieving happened years before. This felt like I was finally old enough and strong enough to take him for his last ride. The show meant a lot more to me than kids' gear. Please do this with more safety in mind than we were able to back in the day, but don't let fear stop you from making some very positive memories for your child. That's so a really, That's a really nice story. It is. Okay, so since neither of our daughters are old enough to ride, we thought we'd better go to someone who has some idea of what it's like to have kids who can actually ride and do ride and trash their bikes. Your mom? Mm, well, no, she wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have my friend Missy from Marin, Arizona. Missy, how's it going? Great. Hello. Missy runs the MSF program at Pima Community College, and she has two kids who actually ride with her and her husband. Oh, wow. How old are your kids? Uh, right now, they are 11 and 14. Wow. <laughs> 14 yeah. is so far away, we can't even fathom it. it seems I, like I was it. there once, and trust me, it goes by very quickly. I've got 10 years to 14. <laughs> I've got 14 Teen years, yeah. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> So, Missy, we had you on because we've uh, been talking a lot about kids' gear and riding with kids and stuff, but there was this news article here in Utah about this chucklehead who was riding around his apartment complex at 40 miles an hour with his son sitting on front of him with hands on the tank. Like a little toddler yeah, kid. Yeah, like a little toddler. Riding around at 40 miles an hour with the kid. The kid fell off and, of course, didn't have a helmet. And the kid died. The father was all messed up. So everybody's, oh, kids and motorcycles, bad, bad, bad. But, I mean, we just got done doing a bit about safety gear for kids. So we figured we should probably talk to someone about, you know, getting kids to ride. I mean, what's, what are the good things to do? What's worked? What doesn't? When do you start? Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about your kids and riding. We're, we're curious to hear your story. My daughter was about nine or so, I think it was. And I had actually, before I was running the program at the college, I had contacted them to see, I was already riding, of course, and I had contacted them because I knew you could take a passenger in the basic rider course, too. Mm. And so I wanted to kind of go through that program, you know, do it the right way and try and get coaching. But they told me that I couldn't bring anyone under 16 for oh. liability reasons. So I was kind of bummed out and had a conversation with one of the other rider coaches on our team. And he actually is the um, his name is Bob Berry, and he is actually a Hall of Famer in the Goldwing writer education area and i probably should have gotten the exact name of what that is but they just inducted him within the past year so i I think the name is old guys so he's been their education director for quite some time and i had told him about the situation and he's like well why don't we just go out on the range and see what we can figure out okay great so he was nice enough to dedicate about three hours with us and we went through some of the erc at the time, the ERC uh, exercises. And before that, he'd actually taken the time to have kind of like a classroom session out on the range with Casey. So it was pretty neat that he took the time to connect with her one-on-one and talk about even the mental aspects of it before we even got on the bike. Wow, that's very cool. 
yeah, it was really neat. And it was the first time he had ever worked with kids. So he was having fun with it too. So it was a neat learning experience. and So starting off with kind of a, the right foot out, I guess. Yeah, and unfortunately that's not, you know, unless you know someone who's a rider coach already, it's probably not a popular method to be able to do it. Um, yeah, it's all very unofficial kind of off the books kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer. He actually took us through, you know, he had her stand on a two-by-four, which was kind of interesting. One foot in front of the other, you know. and uh, Ooh, ooh did she do the crane kick? no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Although that damn. probably would have been really entertaining for mom. No, she didn't do that. He was just trying to show her about the balance on a motorcycle and how her actions would affect the balance for mm. both of us. Mm. He was throwing um, wrenches at her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you can dodge a wrench, you can ride a bike. Uh-huh. She had to crane kick it, actually. So, <laughs> uh, he, he was very clear to tell them that they're not just passengers. They're actually co-riders. So what I'm doing, they need to be doing. They need to be paying attention at all times and not kind of spacing out, et cetera. So. Teenagers oh. spacing out? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mean they're not supposed to be on the back falling asleep reading a book? Yeah, exactly. And not kind of daydreaming. They need to be paying attention to the cars around them, et cetera. So. Todd? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No you don't have any experience with that, do you? No, no, certainly not. My wife listens to books. She doesn't read them. <laughs> and she always gives me the signal that she's falling asleep when her helmet hits my dude. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If they don't stay awake in the car, they're probably not going to stay awake on the motorcycle either. So, Good advice. So, so, And then uh, from there, you started riding with your daughter a whole bunch, huh? We did, yeah. We took it slow, you know, a little bit. We still, knowing our tolerance, our tolerance is about 125 miles a day. So, and we pretty much spread that out a little bit. What was the uh, sort of litmus test, I guess, for you to decide when to start taking your daughter on rides? Um, She wanted to, of course. And so, of course, it's always, you know, the physical aspects where they need to be able to touch the pegs and, you know, they need to be able to hold on to something. That was obviously the first step. And then she had expressed interest and I was kind of like, well, I don't know that I'm ready to do that. But once I felt like she might be ready and I might be ready as a rider and my skills, I paid attention more to how she reacted in the car to things. And both of them, for some reason, I don't know, have they've both been really observant since. And I don't know if it's because we've spent so much time in a car every day. They always have been at least 40 minutes one way. And they were always noticing what was going on around us by being able to tell that in their own maturity that, you know, they, they pay attention in the car, so I think it would translate over to being on the motorcycle. So you're kind of looking for situational awareness in the kids, looking for yeah. cognizance of, hey, there are nut jobs out there in cars. Exactly, yeah. And you know that there wasn't a prouder moment than when my son asked me one day. We were in traffic at a stoplight, and he's like, he asked me, he's like, isn't that guy a little close to the car in front of him, a motorcyclist? And I thought, I, I got the old, I got the old, you know, puffy chest moment. And I was like, yes, you know. So, <laughs> That's my boy. Isn't That's that right. guy in the Corona tank top doing the wheelie and drinking yeah. a beer, being a little responsible? Exactly. Yeah. So I was pretty, pretty happy about that. So. And now your kids ride their own dirt bikes too, right? They do. Yep. Both of them. Uh, Casey's given up the two wheels, but Cameron's been on two wheels since he was about, oh, five we got it right before his fifth birthday and he's been on two wheels since then and like i said he's 11 now casey started out on two wheels but she had the fear of falling and with a dirt bike you can't have that fear so 
Mm. She's actually gone to the quad now, but it's a great family activity that we're able to get out and do. Uh, how much are you finding that them starting early in the dirt translate to the street? Um, I think it does make them more mature because they understand a little bit more about how the motorcycle operates. So it, I think it's definitely helped. And, you know, they have to pick the right lines on the motorcycle in the dirt. So I think, you know, just making smart decisions like that definitely translates over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the million-dollar question, or at least the the very expensive uh, insurance question. So when the kids hit 16, get their license, and they say, Mom, I want a motorcycle, what's your answer going to be? I can't be the hypocrite and say, no. <laughs> no, bikes are death traps. <laughs> Look at Mom's POS. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I, I would actually be ecstatic if either one of them said that to me. I, I would have to make sure that, you know, obviously they went through a course with someone other than me. Mm-hmm. And I'd want to make sure I'd get feedback from the coach, you know, as to how they did, et cetera. If you were the rider coach, you could like really turn them off on riding. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and I don't know if I want to, though. I think it would be cool. Nine! Actung! <laughs> Nine! <laughs> right. You have shamed your houses! <laughs> it, it would be a tough decision in terms of eeks you know you know if i if i was out there riding with them and something were to happen it would be i mean that'd probably be the worst thing as a mom but sure. on the other hand i think it would be really cool to be able to go out and experience the ride with them too so and missy's done everything she can do to try to show them that riding isn't cool she had an old concourse uh now she's on a strom i mean you know yeah she's yeah. doing her best how, yeah how cool how much cooler can it be the kid's going to be like, I want to ride. And Missy's going to be like, here's your KLR. Yeah, that's right. That'll learn you. <laughs> right. With the milk crate on the back. Oh, well, you're getting a fancy one. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do for gear when they were, you know, that young? I've always made sure they're geared up just as I am. The only issue I had were overpants. But of course, they've always been in long pants. But I've always had an issue finding, you know, like the overpants for them. Otherwise, it's always been, a, you know, a jacket and full face helmet and gloves and boots and so if they're wearing the jeans too then i'm wearing the jeans with them just because i you know i wouldn't want to be more protected than they are i guess i don't know i guess i could be a faulty logic but that was the only thing i would ever have but now that i see that kinder so the uh the kinder rider it looked like they had some really good options on that so but now they're in both of them are in where they can wear you know the adult size stuff so i don't have an excuse for the the pants right now just don't let your daughter get a hold of a cycle gear catalog she'll learn about cruiser face <laughs> yeah i saw your post on that the other day and i actually honestly i had to define cruiser face in my google <laughs> <laughs> And then I thought, oh, I was like, where did you get this stuff? Tell us what cruiser face (laughs) is. So cruiser cruiser face is the face that you see of all the pictures of like the dude on the cruiser, but he can't smile and he can't exactly scowl, but he has to be making like the really serious, I'm so cool face. I'm on a cruiser. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, come on. But usually what you see in real life with the cruiser riders is they're making that I'm in a wind tunnel face. (laughs) (laughs) Which isn't as cool looking. No, no. Yeah, if you open up the I got the cycle gear catalog in the mail and everybody, I mean, the women, the men, the kids, everyone in that catalog is making cruiser face in every picture. <laughs> Have you noticed that the speed and strength ads, they're like, you know how speed and strength is that low end yeah. icon wannabe? Yeah. You should see their ads where it's all like these hipster models. Making cruiser face. And not so much cruiser face, but like, you know, I'm at a club face. Ah. <laughs> Buy me a drink face. Huh. Which, is, which is always appropriate in motorcycle world. <laughs> Stop that! 
What? I was one of, one of my pistons wasn't working right on the URL, and that's just the Shut noise up. it makes. Since we got Missy on, there's something else I wanted to bring up. Okay. For both of you guys. So we had a comment, a question for Todd on our, on Facebook from Jeff Gilbert, mm. and he was just starting to look into becoming a writer coach, and he's looking at this daunting amount of work he has to go through in a short period of time, and his question is. Was it worth it? What do you get out of it as a rider coach? I'll let Missy answer first because she's gone through the rider coach, the rider coach training, and mm-hmm. the, the running the school class. I don't know how that one works. They just chain <laughs> you to a desk or what? Yeah, it, it doesn't. You just sit there with your feet kicked up on your desk and you're, you're good to go. Uh, no, don't do it, Jeff. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that way lies madness. <laughs> All the people, they'll tell you what they're going to buy and you're going to go be like, oh, my God. <laughs> No, it, it's, I tell you that the training when I went through it, it is a lot of work, but it also taught me a lot, not only about myself, but of course about how to get the world of safe motorcycling conveyed to others. Because I know it, it was challenging for me to, I just ride, you know, I don't know, at the time I didn't know how I rode, I just, I took the class and went through and it's like, wow, well, okay, I can do this. But explaining it to others sometimes, it's really challenging, especially in the classroom. I learned a ton going through the rider coach prep. And not only that, but taking people through 20 hours or, I don't know, Todd, you guys might do it in 15, the basic rider coach. You're supposed to know stuff off the top of your head. Oh, my God. ah! Yeah, I think it's 15. Dale is so firing you. Yeah, so it's usually anywhere from 15 to 20 hours. But once you get done with a, a student at the end of those 15 to 20 hours, it's one of the most rewarding feelings I've had also. So definitely worth it. Definitely, you know, if you had the time and if you had the desire, you got it in the bag there. Just work hard during those the RCPs. And- That's about, that was about my experience. That RCP, the, the rider coach prep, is brutal. Mm-hmm. It, it's really one of the harder class type of things I've had to do because you're expected to pick up a lot in a very short amount of time. So it's just very mentally demanding. But – Man, you do learn a lot, and I think one of the things that really that it teaches you about even when you're out teaching a course is the focus aspect of it, and motorcycling for that matter. If you're teaching people, you always want to tell them everything. You know, you just here's all my wisdom. Uh, one of the things that is teaches, that why you throw up on people all the time? It's wisdom throw up, huh. wisdom chunks. It's really about thinking about what you're trying to convey to them. And it really forces you into that because you you could tell them a hundred things about what they just did and you have to focus on one because you've got like 10 seconds before you have to get rid of them so the next student doesn't run into them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, 10 seconds before their eyes glaze over and are asleep in the helmet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm bored. I want to go do wheelies on my CBR. You're stupid. I don't like you. The big snot bubble forming out of their nose. <laughs> I sense are you guys drunk on this one too? No. Why no. are you asking that? <laughs> Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> Not drunk. We're high. Sorry. We're high on life. Don't 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 do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> now I can see why you didn't want me to have one of the kids with me. <laughs> We just we just wanted you to feel free to talk about them, you know, like, oh, God, no, the one, sure, the other one, oh, man, oh, shit, no, no, minivans, minivans. Sophie, if you're listening to this years from now, don't do drugs. <laughs> don't don't date boys. Stay in Nor school. get drunk, right. None. Being a nun, that's a good idea. That's good. I, that's good. I like that idea a lot. <laughs> Not a Catholic nun. So, so you as a, as a very avid motorcyclist to the extent of turning it into a career, um, how are your kids going to rebel against you? Like big SUVs and minivans? I mean, 
Wow. Yeah, that, that could be. They like the big, you know, pickup trucks with the lifted. Where you have to get the trailer hitch that goes down to. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be riding CBRs and Corona tank tops. I don't, yeah, I hope not. I don't think so. They're pretty. Yeah. That scares me, though. They'll now be on you got <laughs> Missy's going to go in a corner and she's going to go searching through her kid's closet. It's going to be like that drugs commercial. She's going to find the Corona tank top and be like, what is this? Who taught you to do this? The kid comes home from school one day. They're sitting at the table with the Corona on the <laughs> We have to talk about this. I was holding it. It's not mine. So so other than, other than avoiding Corona tank tops, if our listeners have got kids and there seems – to be a hot button issue, so I think a lot of them do, and they're thinking about riding with them. What What would you say are the most important things they need to be thinking about? Um, yeah, I mean, well, assuming they don't have access to the friendly rider coach that will give them private yeah, training. The first thing, of course, is check the state laws of your state to see what yeah, yeah. you know the physical aspect. You know, they need to touch the pegs, etc. Um, That's Utah, right? Utah's got to touch the pegs. I think touch the pegs, wear a helmet. Yeah, that's right, wear a helmet, that kind of thing. And then, of course, there's the mental are they are they gonna are they mental ESD? they have to be a little mental to ride on the back mm-hmm. um but the mental Base is covered that's right <laughs> the mental uh development you know are they mature enough can they pay attention while they're back there or are they trying to play their nintendo ds or something and you know and again it's the whole co-writer they have to be able to be invested in the situation that they're in you know they need to be paying attention to what's going on have you ever caught one of your kids playing a ds in the back not yet <laughs> no she says she hasn't caught them yet yeah. yeah exactly yeah and you know also too if they if there are ones who fall asleep you know in the car then you might want to think twice about having them on the back of the mm. motorcycle especially if you're not lucky enough to have one of those gold wings with the you know arms that come around them and everything else so i well, saw a couple of one of those ones where the lady was bent over double with her tongue hanging out in the wind. <laughs> yeah. And the harness is holding her in place. Yeah. How about if they, you know, if you get that kid shoot, kid a shoot, oh, the no. harness from strapping the kid to your back. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that one. So suss out the kid's kind of mental state. And it sounds like kind of riding with them in the car and talking to them might be a good way to do that. For some reason, my son had this, this thing where he would always know the status of all the construction projects on the route from wherever we, you know, from home to wherever we were going. No. So it was interesting that, you know, he could pay attention and be able to report. And this was like when he was four, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so just, you know, the, just being aware of what's going on, you know, obviously it doesn't have to be construction projects, but you know, yeah, my, my daughter talks about the moon hmm. where, where yeah. it is in the sky and stuff. She can, if it's up during the day, she'll point it out. <laughs> it's her yeah. best friend. So it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like what, what things they follow, but do you ever get static from other parents about about kids riding? Um, not to my face. <laughs> <laughs> there was one time, and after that, never again. Call the sack, Missy can never go into. <laughs> yeah, I actually though to go to your um, how you open this with the I, I hadn't heard about your story about the toddler being killed. But that oh. actually happened in my neighborhood where there was a lady riding around. You guys might remember I posted this on BBO one time. But she had been riding around the same thing, dirt bike, screaming up the road at 40 miles an hour. And kid in the front in diapers, just a diaper. It was in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Diaper, no helmet, no nothing. And it was like the second day I had seen it. I'm like, that's it. I can't I can't watch this anymore. So I pulled out my, my XT-225. Oh. You know, and I thought, no. I'll show up on a motorcycle and, you know, do the whole kindred sister type of thing. You know, we're both riding kind of, you know, chased her down to where she was. And I got there and 
the lady was just irate with me. You know, because I was nice. I said, you know, do you, if something happens, do you know where your kid's going to go? <laughs> you know? And so she was like, I've been riding for so many years. And, and it was like, well, yeah, but still, like, what if, what if some kid ball comes out in the middle of the road and you have to stop fast? Where's your daughter going to go? And the, the husband was up at the top of the driveway nodding his head, which was really interesting to me because I don't know if he'd already had the conversation with her several times or what, but it was just, it was such an interesting, and she was, mad but i never saw her riding again so that was good i just don't know where people i don't know what they think or don't think sometimes and i'm glad i hope i hope that that girl wasn't ever involved in anything but to hear that story from your guys is that's sad it's just <laughs> yeah it was, it was pretty heartbreaking when mm -hmm. it uh it popped up it brings an interesting point ahead which is that you know think really hard about it mm -hmm. be really really sure be sure your kid's safe it's your kid oh my god yeah and then when i'm riding with one of the kids you know when we're riding anyway we're kind of in overload with you know paying attention to what's going on mm. but when i get done riding with with one of the kids on the back i am exhausted because i am on such you know high alert mm -hmm. so it's not for you to consider too as a rider you know first of all are you ready to take a passenger and if so your your physical ability to do so is also I don't know that I could do the same amount of miles that I do with myself that I do with the kids. It's a lot more exhausting carrying a passenger. I can yeah, speak from experience because yeah. you, you've got all of your brain busy with the riding and you've got a whole bunch of brain that's busy with, are they okay? Are they uncomfortable yeah. and not saying something? Yeah, mm. Exactly. Unless the passenger's Chuck, in which case, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The love. The love. That That hurts me. <laughs> I, I thought we had something. Only when your bull broke down. <laughs> and only as long as it took to get to the nearest taxi place. Was that the time you guys heard the banjos, too? Which one? <laughs> it broke down a lot. Okay, everyone in this room that was crying at the end of their ride into Durango raised their hand. Shit. <laughs> Alrighty, so if you are living in Tucson area, make sure to check out Missy's program at Pima Community College. Learn to ride, be safe, yada yada. All right, so thanks for being on with us, Missy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Take that, the pace. Yeah. <laughs> Missy works only with wheel nerds. It's an exclusive thing. And Fargo, too. Oh, yeah, you. He's a good boy. Who, who, who? What's that? What's that? The pace sucks? Yeah, the pace sucks. <laughs> Just kidding, Chris. James, please don't find me. <laughs> You'll sick Fargo on them. You give a football. You attack them in a small football dog way. So, um, yeah, I think it's all good advice to keep in mind. I, I, I'm really excited, i got to be honest, for when I can ride with the kiddo. I, I am really – well, you know, Sophie's really excited to go for a ride in a sidecar. Mm -hmm. I kind of wonder now if she's big enough to ride in a sidecar. I, I've mm -hmm. seen some people saying they've taken their four- and five-year-olds mm -hmm. for rides in sidecars. And I, I think, you know, for a cruise around the neighborhood and stuff, I feel pretty safe. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, along the lines Missy was talking about, Sophie probably doesn't have the endurance to go for mm -mm. a ride ride, and even, even in a sidecar. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, the upside of a sidecar is if she falls asleep in there, no big deal. But mm. even then... Even then, would you want to kind of have her bouncing around or something? Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a long time out on the road and stuff. Yeah. What, how old would you, before the sidecar, would mm. you feel comfortable? I think you could push it more than you do with the motorcycle because they don't need to be able to reach any pegs. Right, they're in an enclosed space. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have to worry about them falling off unless they're... You know, I look... I, 
you have a whole different problem of them climbing out yeah. um, at inconvenient times, which is much the same problem as with dogs. Fargo here would most likely be a problem. Is that true, Fargo? I think he wants to ride still. <laughs> That's gross. I think you can go a little younger. I think you still need them in some sort of state where they're okay with it. Would I be okay taking a four-year-old for a little spin? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, for just around like a you – know, quite honestly, just like around the cul-de-sac, I've taken Claire with his little two-year-old son. Okay. Um, but, you know, that's that's him sitting in Claire's lap and us going about three miles an hour in mm-hmm. a circle, mm-hmm. which was funny because Claire's son didn't want to get in the sidecar. He was very mad about be- getting into it. And then once we stopped, he didn't make a sound the whole time. He sat there and sucked his thumb. And then when it was time to stop, he was furious. He did not <laughs> want to get out. Every time thereafter I've ever been over at Claire's house with a sidecar, I'll turn away and I'll look back and he'll be in it. <laughs> so it's habit farming. You've been warned. Drive, teams. <laughs> no listeners have yet tried to climb in my sidecar, but they did send us emails. If yes. If you try to climb in my sidecar, I'll tase you. Just You've been warned. Fargo, bring us the listener email. Fetch. Fetch. Sit. You're not fetching. What's he doing? Just, just sit there. Sit there and look stupid. Yes. Good job. Good dog. Well done. Well done. Uh, we got one here from Kevin. Kevin writes, I've discovered your podcast and I'm working my way through the old episodes while I wrench on my 95 Honda Magna. I don't know if you're already aware of this, but the device that Todd wears to combat the cold weather could be seen as a merkin. Oh. It is not a merkin. Uh, it's a cross gator. It's a dead sheep. Uh, man, the merkin is back. It's, so It's a dead sheep. The he first, stuffs into his pants the, and he has this really bizarre smile on his face while he does it. So the first time this happened and Chuck told everyone, Claire took it upon himself to make me something nice. Which was a uh, an athletic cup with uh, skunk fur and little bows on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Still use it to this day. <laughs> Claire writes, "Got to call you out on a huge miss on the discussion of Highway 50. If I remember right, the guys from the east. You talked appropriately about the weather and all, and yeah, he's likely to run into snow once he hits Colorado and points west. But you failed to mention the lack of gas stations along the way. On purpose. <laughs> Damn it, Claire, you're ruining our fun. Jerk." Depending on the bike and its range, and the day being traveled, as not all gas stations work on Sundays in Utah, yeah. one should plan for gas along the way. If he's from the east, he may not be used to our miles and miles between anything that we have out here. Because we use different miles in Utah than the rest of the country. Well, actually, Claire makes a good point, though. You've never lived in the east, but... That's true. You don't really worry about riding on the bottom half of your tank in the east. You know, it's, There's never a threat. Next, it's congested. Next service, 100-plus miles thing, yeah. that doesn't happen there. You know, so that is something to be aware of whenever possible in the West and pretty much anywhere wide open, the Midwest for that matter. Yeah. You want to ride on the top half of your tank whenever you can. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's a good excuse to get off and stretch and, you know, buy a granola bar. Fargo, what are you doing? He's licking our desk. Why are you licking the desk? It's probably because it's on your side and you spilled crap there. That's weird. He's licking up like dried vodka and soda. You're a weird dog. You smell weird. He's on the right show. What's that smell? John writes, just sitting here in my bathrobe, writing this email, thanking you for my stickers. They came at the weekend. I've just heard episode 73. We used to ride our push bikes with empty fag packets held on with a clothes peg around the front fork so the card flipped in spokes. Also, we used lollipop sticks as well. We'll send photos when I put the stickers on the bikes. Cheers, John in a forest in England. That just confirms some conceptions I've always had about England. Uh-huh. Everyone lives in a forest. Yep. And there's cigarette packs everywhere. Although I suppose long ago that would have been the case in England. 
it probably still is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I suppose it is Europe. They smoke a lot over there. They use lollipop sticks. Lollipop sticks. I suppose that might work too. I guess. Just to make, I mean, really, all you need is something solid enough that it goes. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Different ways to make noise with your bike. You can too can do this if you ride, you know, like a a beamer and it sounds like a sewing machine. See, this is what I was. I had a big wheel when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and it already had the little plastic thing in there to mm-hmm. make that noise. Yeah, I cut it out. You're a strange kid. I, I didn't want it to be so loud. I wanted to be able to ride up and sneak up on people and hit them in the back of their ankles. Oh, okay. That's good, too, actually. Ow! What was that? It's Chuck. little chubby kid is getting away again. See Henry. You'll never catch me, coppers. See Henry writes, You had a question from a listener in episode 70 about whether to buy an old school BMW F650. Look at Fargo. Look at Fargo. Look at Fargo. Yes, Chuck, you have a dog in your lap. We get it. Look at Fargo. He's adorable. <laughs> in fact, the 2000 Funduro was my first bike several years ago when I started riding. Mine wasn't expensive, and I was able to figure out basic wrenching techniques from the chain gang, technical fact, which is very rewarding. I enjoy wrenching so much, I've gone through the entire bike and overhauled carbs, bearings, cables, etc. Knowing your machine gives a rider confidence, and if it's old enough, you need to. Or if it's Russian. Thanks for the commentary, Fargo. I've dropped the F650 at least three times and had Today. a low-speed slide. <laughs> I picked it up without needing a winch or a crane and straightened the bars with a hefty twist, and off I went. It is a super solid bike, plus one, except for the fact that the bars bend when you fall. <laughs> I would highly recommend this as a beginning bike for the newbie that doesn't mind a little wrenching. FYI, highway pegs and pannier racks minimize drop damage to the plastic. Mm. I use it as my daily commuter, and I love it. Uh, you know, those, uh, what were those bags you have on yours? Tank panniers, yeah. Yeah, those, those work pretty good as those crash are, bags. Oh, those are phenomenal, because yeah. they're soft. You could pack it with a Fargo. I don't think that would be necessary. I think that would mostly be noisy. Oh, you're so stinky. <laughs> so stinky. Oh, who's the stinkiest dog? Who's the stinkiest dog? <laughs> who's the stinkiest dog? Who's the stinky dog? And that's all we got time for this week. What have you learned, Todd? I've learned that your dog makes weird noises. What have you learned? I've learned I got a stinky dog. <laughs> and that's all we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. And this is Fargo. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. Say bye, Fargo. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.